So at Auctioner, that started a whole nother faith journey, I feel like, for us. Um, because b- up and f- before that time, it was just this instant faith of having just to just to believe that God wanted to save Phoenix's life. But then I was not prepared, um, like I was prepared for that, but I was not prepared for what we had to contend with when we got to the hospital. Right. It's like the journey part. It's one thing when you're faced with the emergency room. And we had just packed enough clothes thinking like this is going to be uh, a quick thing, not really understanding what would happen. And now we're at the hospital waiting for the helicopter to arrive. And, you know, we're sitting in this this other waiting room and not really sure what's next or what what's what's coming up. Yes, I call them the waiting rooms of doom. We were in <laughs> several of waiting and you don't ever want to be in those rooms. No, like I'm don't. realizing if you're in those rooms, it's not a good thing. You're being talked to about death. You're being talked to of how you should prepare for death. You're being talked to about news that will will change your life like indefinitely. And it's usually not a good thing. It's 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 going to come with hardships. It's going to come with hard decisions. So we were in yet another room and this young cardiologist came in and I have to say um you know the right people at the right moment means a lot. And yeah, I felt right. like we had the right person at the right time coming in to talk to us, that young cardiologist um, saying that, you know, your son is here. Um, he, he, he's doing good, you know, considering on his way here because we didn't know if Phoenix would even survive the airlift to Auctioner, Maine uh, on the South Shore. Um, so we were just elated. I remember feeling just relieved that he made the flight just one step at a time, right? Brick by brick. Lord, thank you that a stranger found him in the alley. Thank you that the emergency room doctors heard one more time. Thank you that whatever they had to do on his airlift here, the that kept him here. And thank you for this young cardiologist that just had a demeanor and a presence about him that made me feel comfortable with where we were at in the situation we were in. I think, though, that you were in much more of a faith zone. I wasn't there yet. I was still in the zone of not knowing what would happen that night and going through the night, waking up the next morning feeling like I was in a nightmare. And you were in this total faith zone because you had, I was like a gear that you meshed into, and you were in that gear and i felt like i was being pulled behind <laughs> behind hogtied hogtied to you and i'm like i'm just i wasn't there yet i mean i was still in the the mode of will my boy make it through and i remember in that waiting room um the doctor the cardiologist his specialty was electrical signals and that's when i learned like oh there's different types of cardiologists, some for plumbing and some for electricity. And this guy was the electrical one. Are you okay? <laughs> you good you... over there? We got Phoenix uh, with us. Uh, he's, he's hanging out over. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you maybe hear him coughing, <laughs> or, but you don't see him. If you're That's watching the real video. right there, pe- people. <laughs> yeah, you, you won't see him on the video, but you might hear he somebody coughing. He doesn't ever want to be seen or yeah. heard. But... We told Phoenix, we said, hey, Phoenix, 
you want to like get in on this? He says, not, not right. Not, 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 yet. not, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Maybe, maybe soon. But I, you know, I did feel that, um, I, people always say you have such a strong faith. You're so strong through this. I honestly tell people, I, you know, and, and you'll hear it throughout this podcast that I felt it was given. I felt literally I made a choice in that cop car. And because the Lord said, whatever you choose, will, will it will overtake you. It does overtake you. And it you. does overtake yeah. you. So. I was overtaken by not faith yet. I was overtaken by, I'm thankful that my boy is still here, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, and, and that's that was really heavy. And it was just like waves of of really sorrow. And it, it does feel like those waves of overtaking. I will have to say this, um, because it's honest and it's transparent, and that's what this is about, as well as glorifying the Lord, because that glorifies Him just as much, is that when it really does, it, it, I felt that was in two fights. I felt in that moment, because you were so sorrowful, you were literally like he was going. He was a goner, and acting like that. And I'm not going to lie; I wasn't too happy about it. So I was, I was about to punch you out. <laughs> I was like trying to punch back the devil and punch punch you out at the same time. It's like when Jesus says to his his disciple, like his friend, "Get behind me, Satan!" It's like get with the program. <laughs> like so, I felt I had two fights on my hand. I felt like I was fighting for my own faith to stay in a position where I'm trusting God but I was fighting for you at that time it was like lord please like like I need my husband to rise up in you right now because I already knew I was a ticking time bomb I don't know how long this faith train is going to last for me I I I I realize that it's a supernatural thing that God is giving me to 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 plow this, so to speak, um, with prayer and and standing and making decisions that are decisions of faith and not fear. But I also knew that there was going to come a time where I was going to weary out and I was going to get exhausted, and and I needed you to to be united with me on that. I think when we saw, uh, you know, at auctioner when we first went in to pick you room seven. He was yeah. room seven. <laughs> and so we walked in, and that was the first time I'm seeing my son, actually. Uh, ben saw him at the emergency room, but I was seeing him really for the first time at Auctioner, Maine. And we walked in, and he, I just remember, had an army of like people just setting him up, setting mm-hmm. him up with different machines setting him up with uh, IVs, setting him up with pick lines and um just, it was it was wild. It was it was literally like seeing a, a whole brigade of people like attending some kind of like foxhole something that just blew up um yeah. and was attending to it and trying to regain the center of everything that had just blown up. And the nurse on who was who was hooking all these lines up like he looked like he was on fire like like a bartender hooking up all these drugs and medicines like a like a DJ or something like this it was it was really wild i knew we were in good hands because they they just really seemed to know what they were doing they were working in unison together and um even when they would say even small miracles or not small miracles but big miracles like oh, uh, does this medicine correspond well with this medicine? Because he needs both. And 
and the guy kept saying, they do correspond. They, they do right. go together. They are compatible. I think right. that was compatible. And he says, I hate, he goes, I'm, I'm seeing a miracle right now. He says, I've done this a lot and I've never seen so many things that Phoenix needs be compatible. Like, right. Usually, they can go through the same, the same line or the same IV without having to try to find another port, which then is sometimes difficult. You run out of veins to get things into. And it was like one medication after another was being compatible. And he, it was like he was on, he was in this zone, like a total work zone. And I don't think anything could break him out of it. Um, and I think that's when you started feeling more comfortable with the care that he was given yeah, because for sure. you're that way. And so we saw just competence right there. And um, it was, it was hard to see Phoenix hooked up to so many things and needing so many machines and so many pressers um, to keep him going. But at the same time, there was this one thing that I felt God just always would give me an, a God wink of like, see, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And he always breathed over the tube. So we, he, he always had some kind of breath going over the tube when they put it in. And I was like, he is breathing on his own. Like mm -hmm. he's there. And, um, and that's really what the battle was. It was really, it wasn't even with the nurses. The nurses were all great. The nurses were all like, you know, just, just can do people. The challenge came for me when we started seeing the specialist, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. That, that, uh, to remain, for you to remain in a place of belief that the Lord was doing something and I'm going to focus on the Lord. Um, put me in a position where I was kind of buffering a little bit. And I realized that it was very important for me to choose what I was going to, who I was going to listen to and what I was going to believe the Lord would do in this situation. And you had told me, you need to get it together. You need to decide um, to trust the Lord. And it, for me, then it was like, I felt like that, faith became a little bit animated. I had a few pictures. I don't really know if this, this is not going to be something I'd ever probably say um, at a church, but there's so many people that are listening, they'll probably be like, what in the world? But <laughs> I don't know why, how God works in my mind, but I got this picture of a movie and um, it's, maybe I'll say the name of the movie, but anyway, it's the scene where this black knight is guarding this, this bridge. And here comes uh, King Arthur. It's an old comedy movie. And this Black Knight says, none shall pass. <laughs> and so this battle ensues, this sword fight. And of course, King Arthur, his arm gets lobbed off and the Black Knight's still fighting. Like, you know, I'm going to, this just a flesh wound is the famous line. And if you've seen the movie, you know what this is. Uh, anyway, so then he, the battle ensues, this ridiculous movie. He loses his other arm. And he's still fighting. The Black Knight is still guarding this bridge. And then, and King Arthur's like, uh, well, you need to surrender. Let me pass. And the Black Knight's like, you know, basically never surrender. So then King Arthur lobs off his legs. And so now it's just like basically tin can rolling around on the ground, trying to guard <laughs> the bridge. And King Arthur, of course, passes by on the bridge. And I think the Black Knight says something like, uh, get back here. And King Arthur goes, what are you going to do? Bite me? And it's it's ridiculous comedy. But I felt like faith at that point, it kind of, for me, it, it locked in and I said, I don't care if I'm going to lose limbs, arms, 
bleed out, I am going to decide mm-hmm. to guard this bridge. Mm-hmm. What was I guarding? My faith in the Lord, mm-hmm. my trust in the Lord. I don't care if I lose and I bleed out and I look like a fool. And I think so often we don't jump into faith and guard our faith and we don't get with that fight because we're scared to lose a limb. We're mm-hmm. scared to bleed out. We're scared to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Another picture I got in terms of looking like a fool is like an outfielder and he's running for the ball and he's got his eye on the ball, you know, pointed in one direction. And his hands lifted out in the opposite direction, and he's running toward the outfield. He doesn't, and he's not looking where he's going, right? He's just full speed ahead, arm raised high, eye on the ball, game on. And if he catches it, great. If he thinks he can make it, he's going to dive to try to catch. He's going to give everything to try to catch that ball. And of course, the scenes that make the blooper real, where we all laugh and say, look at that fool, is where he dives, hits the wall, the ball goes over you know, the wall and he crumbles on the floor or they may have a, a mid, you know, field collision with another guy doing the same thing, but he committed. And those were the two pictures that the Lord gave me is I don't care if I lose all my limbs and I bleed out, I'm guarding my faith mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, game on, I'm running for the ball, hand held high with no, you know, regard for where the wall might be. I'm running full ahead. So it sounded like the moment that I had in the cop car to choose faith Yep, was that moment for you. That was. And was at the hospital. And I'm not going to lie. I asked God, not only do I need Ben to believe for Phoenix's sake, I need Ben to believe for my sake. Yeah. I cannot do this alone. And if I look like a fool, well, this is my son we're talking about. This is my family we're talking about. We have to believe for our for our children. We have to believe for our family. And there's going to be everything doctors. There's going to be everything nurses. There's going to be everything life circumstances that are gonna that are gonna laugh at you, and they're gonna cause you to doubt. But once you lock into saying, "Lord, I will trust you," I think it's a beautiful grace that God had us committed to faith before we heard started hearing the test reports. Right. The doctor's reports. The MRI The doctor's visits. The MRI results. So now that we're both resolute, face like flint, because that's what it has to be. Mm -hmm. Faith is war. Faith faith is not warm and fuzzy. At least it's not for the biglers. doesn't ever seem to be like that for the biglers. (laughs) (laughs) So if you've had a hard life, come talk to us. Um, So (laughs) it, it it was get out. It was like the moment you woke up, Get your shanks out because sometimes the word you got to use the word of God like a shank. Sometimes it's going to be a long, pretty nice little knight looking sword. Sometimes it's going to look like a razor blade. Sometimes it's going to, but you have to get it out. Mm -hmm. You have to get it out and you have to stand on it and you have to use it because the devil is right in front of your face and he's saying, Phoenix won't make it. I've got a test to prove it. You've got doctors whose specialties is what he's dealing with, and they're saying, and the devil's using them. Mm-hmm. So you better stand, you better choose whose word you're going to believe because that's the word that's going to manifest in the situation. And I didn't want to be one of these Christians that deny reality. Okay, faith is not denying reality, folks. It is not denying reality. I knew exactly where my son was at. I knew exactly what we were dealing with. And those doctors kept saying, we don't want to give you false hope. No, you're not giving me false hope, but you're not my hope. 
Well, so th- and that's a let's crazy get thing, that clear. Because you're saying false hope, as if there's not false. I mean, hope is what it's it's believing for something that doesn't. It's not in front of you yet. So there's really no such thing as false hope. It, you hope for something, and if it doesn't happen, okay. But you hope for it. So the what are you MR- going to do? Stop believing? Right. So the MRI test came. I think that was the first thing, and said that we are dealing. I think that was our biggest blow. We are dealing with a global anoxic brain injury, which means there's. It looks to be that the majority of his brain, except for just a few small, little, teeny tiny patches, is not there. Is not right. Working. Yeah. When I sat down with the neurologist and you were there for for that time, I couldn't hear the words that were coming out of his mouth. I had to like, okay, hey, wait a minute, time out. Let me get my phone. Let me open and compose an email. Okay, tell me what you're saying again. I had to type down each word. Okay, wait. You said what? Timeout? Severe? Oh, severe. What's next? Anox- global? Oh, global. Oh, global. <laughs> What's Anoxic? next? Acute? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote it literally what he said, and it was global, severe, irreversible, anoxic brain injury. And so it became very clear to all the people, how should we pray? I said, look, we're in miracle territory. We've been in miracle territory when he was found in that alley, and that continues to be the case. But God has not left him for dead, and he's he's fighting. It takes someone that follows Christ to see life in dead places, right. and we still saw life in our son. And we again, we were not against reality. We were facing reality. We embraced reality, but we also embraced a God of impossible. Mm-hmm. And so that we know has the final word into interacting with those realities. And so that neurologist set the tone, tried to set the tone for everybody that this that this kid is going to be in a vegetative state. We need palliative palliative care. Whatever. Palliative. I didn't even know that. I don't even know what that was. It was a weird thing. Even God, we met with these palliative (laughs) care like people. We thought they were just there to help us, just just navigate our stay at the hospital. Even God blocked us from what they actually are there to do, and that's to prepare for death or something like that. We just didn't get it. We didn't get the clue. We were so filled with faith at that point. What they were actually there for never registered to us. So we would meet with them for hours. They would come in and we would just minister the Lord to them and life. And they left like, you know, filled with life. We just figured they were there to, I don't know, hear about the Lord or something. (laughs) We're ministering to chaplains at the hospital. We're ministering to all the nurses. And then all of a sudden, people got it real quick. Oh, they're not, they're those people. We're crazy. We're crazy. I'm the the black knight, you know, getting limbs chopped, thinking I'm just going to bleed out. Oh, well, I guess. But we are standing on this bridge and we're taking this territory back. So... Um, I do remember that, you know, we had to get ugly every now and then. There was just, again, it's not that we wrestle against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in high places. Our fight was not with the doctor's reports. Our doc- our fight was not even with unbelieving doctors. That is not, that was not our heart. That is not where we were coming from. We knew a spirit of fear and a spirit of unbelief and a spirit of, of, uh, 
really abortion and death and Mm -hmm. things like that were always challenging us. Mm -hmm. And they were using people like the tests and the the doctors to 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 wage that war within us. And and that's where the good when I when he started talking to me about Kim, you must fight the good fight of faith. First of all, it's a fight, or I wouldn't say that it was a fight. If faith wasn't a fight, it wouldn't be in Timothy. And that's Phoenix's middle name, by the way. So what's the good part? That's what I needed to go. What is the good part Why of Why couldn't it any be like the good experience or the good life? It's a good fight. It's the good fight. <laughs> and why is it good? And the Lord says, because you have victory already. Mm-hmm. Any fight that we are called to, any fight of faith, any battleground of faith that is warged on us, that where we need faith, God has given us all we need, first of all, for that fight to actually wage it, to actually push up against it, to actually come up, you know, to be a warrior in it. But He has already secured the victory. Now, I tell people because they said, well, I had faith, you know, they come up to me, but I lost my child. Our victory may not look like everyone's victory. Our victory and the good of that victory may look different. It may giving hope to people who have lost children, to other people who have lost children. Wherever hope is coming out of an ash pile, that's where the victory is. And that's what God has promised. He has not promised us uh, a life not full of trouble. He actually said there would be trouble. You will face tribulation. You will face trials. You will face dead children. You will face wars. You will face famine. You will face persecution. You will face lost jobs. Mm-hmm. You will you will face failed businesses. You will face failed bodies. But fight the good fight meaning hang on to your faith, stand like the Black Knight contending for that bridge. It may get a little messy, but there's hope that comes out of it because God has promised to make all things good.